Then Adonai said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all families on earth will be blessed through you. For I will take you out of the nations and bring you back into your own land. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord when I show myself holy through you before their very eyes. In that day, I will restore David's fallen tent. I will repair its broken places and build it as it used to be. So arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. You will call your walls salvation, and your gates praise. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. And your God will be your glory. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. Till her righteousness shines out like the dawn. Her salvation like a blazing torch. For I am exceedingly zealous for Zion. I am burning with jealousy for her. Shalom, shalom, shalom to everyone this afternoon. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Praise Jesus Christ of Nazareth right now, midday. Actually, it's afternoon. Um, those who are in South Africa, it's the morning. Those who are in America, praise God. In some parts of African continent, it's in the evening. Oh, wow, time, it's amazing. Time, it's really, really, really amazing. Praise God. Who can say what about time? Because it's really, really, really amazing. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Right now, you know, right there on the background, you are hearing Roa from Zion, played by Paul Welber. Praise God. I've got, a, I've got a, I think I've got almost every CD or every recording of Paul Wilbur, praise God. And um, it, it, it really, really, really blesses me. Thank you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I hope it has blessed you when we were entering and the intro that we brought in into the community of the love of Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We had... We had to walk in by 
by force. And we had to, 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 to bring that into our position to roar from Zion, praise God of Nazareth. You know, um, this afternoon, and, and I've just, as I was saying, I was mind, wondering my business, minding my business. I was walking around, and then I came to sit outside. As I sit outside, and then um, the Holy Spirit started to say to me, I must start to pray. When I started to pray, and then I heard that I've got to start to be on air. This is the reason that I'm on air right now. It's because the Holy Spirit said I must be on air, praise God. And, uh, and uh, I thank God for this time that those who are listening and those who are connecting, we thank God that people um, are going to be so much receiving on the wealth of the kingdom of God. I want to talk about the wealth of the kingdom of God. Preparing for tonight, and tonight we are on fire when we pray you know, for the deliverance of finances, when we pray for the transfer of finances, praise Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I just want to speak about the wealth of the kingdom of God. And, uh, and when I'm about to finish, then I'm going to pray. And I will pray for those that will be sending as well their prayer points, praise Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And, um, you know, and, and, and I remember on Sabbath, which is yesterday, or uh, uh, during our service, I spoke as uh, about the transfer of wealth. I spoke about what is required on the transfer of wealth, and um, starting a kingdom. Uh, 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 I mean, starting a kingdom financial or starting the kingdom finances. What is important about that? But today, I just want to talk about starting a kingdom business in God's kingdom. And, and uh, the, the, you know, that, that's why I said I will be speaking about the wealth of the kingdom of God, you know, and, and um, which is very much important that um, we need to understand how to, to, to really work on, on, on God's um, or, or the wealth of the kingdom of God. Because the wealth of the, of the kingdom of God, it goes to those specific people. It goes for those that have been um, given a responsibility of the wealth of God. Hallelujah. And, and, and I love the scripture that is written in the book of, of, of 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, where God says um, he desires that we may prosper. Praise Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We may prosper. And in other words, the prosperity must come upon us. It is so much important that we need to understand, you know, uh, 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 how to, to develop, how to build a financial foundation because this is what is more important in, in the wealth of the kingdom of God is to build a financial foundation. Never try to build a house without first laying a foundation. And I don't care how eager you are to get it finished, how excited you are about um filling it with furniture and decorating it and all the right things that you want to have on in your house. But it is important that you must build the foundation. So higher the house or higher the walls or bigger the house, deeper the foundation. And, and if you want to operate in, 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 a, in a position where God will bless you 
so much with your with, with your finances. It is important that you need to really dig deeper, dig deeper your foundation. And how to dig deeper your foundation? It's by prayer, is to pray much more. Hallelujah. So I'm just going to, if you allow me right now, anyway, you have to allow me because I am the one that is alive on air. I'm going to just take a moment to pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I believe that you are with us this afternoon. I believe, Lord, that the foundation of our finances is based in your word. Heavenly Father, I pray that right now you unpack how must we have the wealth in your kingdom. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us this afternoon. You are with each and every listener that will be listening right now. And I pray that, Holy Spirit, you will guide us and you will direct us so that we can be able to find that financial breakthrough. We can get into that level of receiving the financial breakthrough. But over and above, oh Lord, I pray that you teach us that we can be able to get into the position, Lord, where we know how to do things, where we know how to run things according to your word. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Heavenly Father, I pray, according to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, that says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Heavenly Father, I pray that we walk with that faith. The faith, Lord, that will be able to take us to a better position. The faith that, Lord, will be able to lead us to the wealth of the kingdom of God. We do not want to possess things, but we want to have them because we have released them to us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We, we see some people are coming in, and uh, if you can, you can share with others and you can inform others you can tell others that they can come on on air we are live on air we are talking about the wealth of the kingdom of god glory to jesus christ of nazareth we are talking about the wealth of the kingdom of god the book of isaiah chapter 60 verse 4 to 5 says lift up your eyes all around and see they all gather together they come to you your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nest at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall, be, shall come to you. The wealth of the nations. You know, I stopped a little bit there because I wanted to say the wealth of the nations. And I wanted to unpack this as Mark unpack it. And when I started, I unpacked it as, 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 as Matthew unpacked it, the, the wealth of the, of the Gentiles, praise God, the nations. And I wanted to say, the wealth of the corporates will be yours. Thank you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want you to look at that word, see, which appears twice, which is which what is not yet there in, implies faith. And, 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 and uh, seeing what is not yet there implies faith. What is faith? You know, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, as I was praying, I mentioned it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So as I mentioned, you know, when, 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 when I started to talk, you know, that a number of Christian leaders today agree that God is poised to release enormous, unprecedented amounts of wealth for the advancement of his kingdom here on earth. 
And I believe that the timing for this is very near and, and that we must begin to take steps that will prepare us in every way possible for this great transfer of wealth to happen. Many people have faith that the wealth of the nations is truly coming. I have that, I believe, the wealth of many nations is truly coming. And what I said to saints is that it is important that you position yourself accordingly because the time is right. I love what Chuck Pierce has written in, in, in his book, you know, I read the book. Um, I was reading it early hours of the morning. I continue to read it. And um, Interpreting the Times, which is written by Chuck Pierce, Interpreting the Times, how God, you know, intersects with our lives to bring revelation and understanding. And one of the things that I like what Chuck Pierce mentioned, he says, developing an understanding of time is important. And, 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 and in that chapter, he says, have you ever noticed how often we use the word time in our everyday conversation? Even right now, when we started, I, I said, we're going to start at a certain time. And I said, is the time for the transfer of wealth, praise Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Not only we are accurately aware, you know, of the time, but also our speech is literally with reference to the characteristics of time and our lack of it. We refer to time in countless expressions and figures of speech. So we obviously preoccupied with the concept and uh, consider some of the ways we refer, we, I mean, we, 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 we reference to time. Time waits for no man. Definitely, I agree with Chuck Pierce. Time waits for no man. And I also you know, uh, understand that many people have faith that wealth of the nations is truly coming. I've got, I am one of those people that I need to position myself that the wealth of the nations <clears throat> must come and I must be that doorway, I must be that gate that is entering. I'm praying and I'm not just only praying, but I'm taking stripes, I'm sending emails to Europe, I'm sending emails to India, I'm talking to various people, I'm trying to position myself to say if they want to market in South Africa, here am I, I am the door that they can be able to come through me. You know, in his, in his um, revealing book, again, Chuck Pierce, and, and, and um, you know, um, uh, the, the, the book that says The Future War of the Church, you know, Chuck Pierce includes a, a strategic chapter, The Transference of Wealth. In it, he refers to Jesus' statement or to his disciples about the keys of the kingdom of heaven and writes, God is saying to us in this hour that he is ready to give us keys. These keys will unlock the supply we need to advance his covenant uh, uh, purposes. I believe we are seated in a very great position to be able to actually move, uh, to be positioned, to be aligned, to be at the right position. Praise God. I'm repeating the same words. Um, to be in the right position so that the wealth of the kingdom of God can be transferred to us. Or the wealth of, we can be able to participate in the wealth of the kingdom of God. So these keys will unlock the supply we need to advance 
his covenant purposes. So P.S. goes on to say that in order for us to receive and use the keys, we must identify illegal domination of demonic structures from the region to region. This is one area that I was asking the Lord this morning. And I said, Lord, from the region, where am I? Can you make me to identify places where I need to war? And the Holy Spirit was so faithful for me. I mean, he was showing me the land that is laying down in the Eastern Cape, which is not used, and the land that actually belongs to me and my family. And then the Lord was saying to me, you need to, I, you need to, to position yourself to get things that can be able to tilt the, work, the, 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 the land so that the earth can be, can, can be used. And then you can start to have what is produced from the, from the soil. And, and, and you know what, um, and recognizing that the apostolic authority must be established in a field if we are to reap the harvest in that field. So in other words, if we take Pierre's statement as an authentic prophecy, which I do, there seems to be an important, most likely an essential relationship between this divine, I mean, divinely an ordained transference of wealth and the gift office and the ministry of the apostle. I, I attempt to lay some groundwork for this relationship, you know, in, in, in the previous time when we spoke. And, and, and then I said, as an, the apostolic and the prophets, they are in the position to, to actually attack the, the areas that are blocking the entry into the marketplace. You know, I like what uh, 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 Feather, you know, what Chuck Pierce Feather says. He says, how apostles are received is a key measuring stick as to how the Lord will release blessings or judgment or a territory. You know, I was talking to Joshua from the Northern Cape the other time, and then I was, I was talking about, uh, you know, the area he was telling me about Daniel Keel. And then I was saying, is the area that we've got to go. And then during the morning when I was still praying, he sent me a, a, a dream about, about, about um, Wellington. And, and then I was saying to myself, these are the areas that we need to see how to get into those areas, praise God. You know, how as an apostle, important it is that we must reach areas that are unable to be reached, not, for a, not only for the sake of the gospel, the gospel is number one, yes, but we need to get into those places to establish prayer houses. When we establish prayer houses, then we will be able to, to, to operate from the prayer houses. We, we need a little bit of really changing from the old strategy of, of doing things from them point of having huge uh, uh, stadium things and having, uh, 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 you know, um, outreach in big stadiums and big halls. But we need to establish prayer houses. You know, I need to speak to a person that is so much anointed to establish prayer houses, Prophet Colin in, in Stlachule, and, and to say to him, you need to rise up and start these um, uh, prayer houses so that we can be able to enter the areas through prayer. And once we enter the areas through prayer, 
we can participate in the wealth of the kingdom of God. Because I promise you, God cannot release his finances to people who do not have the purpose for it. And then as I was saying, apostles also have authority over the demonic rulers of the region. They have the ability to demonstrate supernatural power that draws a whole region to our life-giving God. This is what Chuck Pierce says. And, and from this, I, I, I think it will be reasonable to conclude that if full-scale spiritual warfare is to be waged in a region, the generals of that warfare will mostly be apostles, especially in the, in the six mountains aside from the religion. Intercessors and prophets are also essential, but without apostles and intercessors and prophets can expect only limited effectiveness. So in this area, we need more for the apostles and prophets to actually enter into regions with prayer, enter into region with transforming the people to be the people of prayer. So according to the way I, I, I read, um, uh, you know, the, the, the history of the apostolic age beginning in 2001, I am aware that some would disagree, but I'm comfortable with this interpretation. The first apostolic age covered only the first three centuries or uh, 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 so the, the church existence. This second apostolic age has brought us a new assignment from God, a significant step forward, you know, forward into the 1990s was achieved by the broadening our focus from solemnly individual salvation to include transformation of society as well. So at that time, we began with the pastoral approach, frequently using the slogan, reaching cities for Christ. And in 2000s, however, then it moved into more apostolic approach with a stronger slogan, ruling cities with Christ. And, and, and now, how does this involve wealth? And I, I want to say to you, what is important is that when 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 apostle becomes involved in in in, in places in prayer particularly things start to change start to change as 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 i'm saying it is important for the areas in each and every area where you are establish the war rooms the war rooms are the places where Fewer individuals are praying every day, every night. I mean, going away from, from the fact that they've got to only pray on, on Sundays if you fellowship on Sundays, they've got to pray on Saturdays if you fellowship on Sabbath like us. You know, you've got to say to yourself, every day, it's, it's, it's not a day without prayer. And on that particular day, it must be a day that every night there are declarations that are going to the earth, prophesying for the release of wealth. So if you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, you have undoubtedly had in the recent years more than one prophecy to the effect that God now wants to release tremendous amounts of wealth for advancing his kingdom. And this is what about. And in order for us to participate in the wealth of the kingdom of God, we've got to position ourselves correctly. I don't know how many times I've been saying this. My sense is that 
we are not talking about seven or eight figures, but we are talking about more figures that we need to participate so that we can advance the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We can advance the kingdom of God, and there is nothing that is more important. You know, when we are pushing into the transfer of wealth, we must have in our mind the advanced, advancement of the, thing, of, the, of the kingdom of God. I think we can assume then that God desires to release his wealthy. He wants to release his wealth. We know that the purpose of God's own heart is to seek and to save that which was lost, according to the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 10, and to demonstrate compassion for the poor. In short, it is to see his kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. Now, let me try to unpack um, some, some few areas, you know, how the wealth of the kingdom of God will be transferred. Listen to me, I'm talking specifically about the wealth of the kingdom of God. So, biblically, there seem to be three major mechanisms for the divine transfer of the wealth. Each can operate on its own, or the three can be combined. Praise God. Um, number one, a supernatural transfer of wealth, you know, initiated by God, as will be true of many of God's actions, it will be triggered by prayer, but not always. That's why I said we need to have the very first thing that we're supposed to do. We must have the prayer houses in various places so that we can be able to trigger that transfer of wealth. God may have used own reasons for causing wealth to be moved from one location to another. But in any case, the wealth transfer is neither initiated nor produced by the recipient. A good example of this is the Bible occurred when the Israelites left Egypt and headed for the promised land. There are numerous indications that by that time they reached the wilderness, they were wealthy. Their riches obviously did not come as a result of their labors in making bricks without straws where they come from. But the book of Exodus, chapter 21, verse 22, God said, I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near him, house articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Now, I believe this is one area that we need to pray because the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is actually packed up for us as saints, as the Christians, the believers. Praise God. So we need to pray that there must be a major transfer from the wicked. We must not shy away from that. There must be a major transfer from the wicked. Look, I am not talking about the thing of the money that is a small and drops of offering, which is mainly for the buildings of the work of God, you know, the instruments and that. And the, I'm talking about the major transfer of wealth. Wealth creation, um, you know, the second point of the wealth creation initiated by the recipient rather than by God. The person who ends up with the wealth is the one who produces it by um, whatever means he or she selects. 
This is a very common way of, of really the wealth coming. It is the way that most wealth um, is, is obtained. Wealth creators who are kingdom-minded acknowledge that in some manner that they have been supernaturally empowered by God um, at least in three ways. God has provided them with a set of skills, experience, and ideas, and inherent ability to generate wealth. God has en 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 enhanced their skills and ideas. People are not static. They are always in, in, in motion. God helps them to move forward and to improve upon what they have. He provides a, you know, he provides new experiences to help them learn what to do and what not to do in order to secure wealth. So every, every year they do better than the year before. God has given them new skills and ideas. Not only um, do their inheritance skills prove, but God also provides the creativity to let on. And the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, verse 12, I love it. It says, witty inventions and develop abilities that they never previously had. This is one area that we need to pray very much as the saints. Uh, to pray for the creativity, to pray for the mind of God, to pray for the mind of Christ, to, to, to pray that um, we, we must move in a, in a very creative way to create wealth. I mean, I said the number, the first way is, 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 is actually is to be prayerful that the, the, the wealth of the wicked, it must be transferred and, and to us it, because it's packed some way. So we need to pray for that it must be transferred. And then and, and I said, as I said, I'm not talking about the, the, the thousand rands, the 5,000 rands that are deposited into the church account, but I'm talking about the total transfer of wealth. Somebody must build a business somewhere, and along the way, you come up with a creative mind that can make you to earn from that business based on how much you have been praying. So, somebody's saying, wow, can this happen? I'm talking about a supernatural transfer of wealth there. So, all these interlocks with what many consider to be the most meaningful underlying biblical text dealing with the transfer of wealth. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 18, Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 18, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. So we need to pray according to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, and we need to be so creative in our thinking. We need to be so creative. You know, one, one thing that is, has made the Christians to be behind, far behind from the economical or from the marketplace, it's because of laziness. Christians, they don't want to pray for creativity mind they just they want to go to church and say i receive i receive i receive but it does not work like that hallelujah somebody say amen here amen. praise jesus christ of nazareth i like to picture the scripture as 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 a sandwich 
The meat is in the middle, is power to get wealth. But the sandwich is not complete without the slices, the slices of bread on top. And, and, and on top on the bottom. The bread on top is remembered. I mean, the bread on top is remember the Lord your God. Although you may be the one who actually produces the wealth, you must recognize that this is from God who gives the power for me to be able to have it. So, and the bread on the bottom is that he may establish his covenant. Now, you've got two areas. You've got bread on the top, you know. You remember, this is coming from God. You've got bread on the bottom, and you say, he has given me this because I have remembered his covenant. And that is an Old Testament language for God's um, extending his kingdom in the New Testament. So the fundamental reason for the wealth and the motivation for producing it must relate to the kingdom of God, nothing less. It must relate to the kingdom of God. So we see a good illustration of this principle in the life of Abraham, formerly called Abram. The Bible says Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. That's Genesis chapter 13, verse 2. Genesis chapter 13, verse 2. Right after that, it says that he went to an altar he had built. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord, Genesis chapter 13, verse 4. And as for the establishing his covenant, God said to him, I'm almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. That's Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 to 2. Now, what is this that I'm saying? Abram had all three pieces of Deuteronomy chapter 18, the sandwich, so to speak, he had them. So what is this? When God releases the wealth to your hands, immediately your mind must have been for the development of the kingdom of God. It must be for the covenant of God. So the wealth that you have, you say, I remember the one who has made me to have it. This is what the wealth of the kingdom of God can be able to be transferred to us. The Bible says, the Bible is very clear, saints. I hear people say money belongs to Satan and whatever. All right. It might belong to him, but wealth belongs to God. Gold belongs to God. Silver belongs to God. And we have a right as the saints to partake and participate in the wealth of the kingdom of God. Number three, wealth repossession enabling the recipient of the or, uh, the recipient to receive what is rightfully his or hers. And 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 you know I've I've listened to some prophets in the past. You know who 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 said um, <clears throat> talking about. Um, a replevin, 
a word that is not familiar to most people, but one that they claim came uh, directly from God. So it is a, you know, a, a forensic term that refers to a legal decree enabling the, 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 the recovery of goods wrongfully taken from their owner. You know, people like Zama, they can, they, can, they can understand this word because it's more of a legal term, replevin, you know, and, and, uh, and, 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 and what is this? This could come about through an inheritance by the recovery or, of stolen goods or as a rectification of the fraud or deception. So the recipient is usually expected to be proactive in the act of repossession. Certain things need to be done or the desired transactions will not be completed. An unexpected check in the mail is, is possible but unlikely. Work and effort are usually required on the part of the recipient. And, and, and you know, I often look into the book of, 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 of Ezra. If you read the book of Ezra, chapter 1, verse 1 to 11, and uh, uh, Zerubbabel receiving from King Cyrus of Persia on behalf of his people Israel what was rightfully his, which a former king, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, had wrongly fully taken from Israel. This has to do with the rebuilding of Jerusalem, which I, 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 I actually say we need to look and, and have a full understanding of it. Now, if you look into this example that I've given, wealth repossession, it, it, it requires saints that are very active in prayer, that are active in declarations, that are active in reading the word of God, and at the same time, that are daily looking into the marketplace, what has been stolen from the children of the Lord so that they can be able to repossess. It's, it's actually for the saints that are, 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 are having sleepless nights of prayer and to say, I want to repossess what is, was stolen from me. So that the, 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 the Zerubbabel, I mean, the, 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 the Cyrus of Persia in our region, they can be able to bring back what is stolen from us. It requires people that are in prayer, so much in prayer, so much focus in, in, in prayer, and so much involved and go and, and, and surround places and pray around them and say, this belongs to us. The people that are not going to be lazy to knock at the doors where the people say you cannot enter. And the fourth area is combination of all three. In a given case of wealth transfer, any combination of the above methods may occur. I believe that we find example of all three in the book of Joshua. I want you to, 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 to take the scripture very carefully. Joshua chapter 4 verse 13, which tells of what the Israelites received when Joshua led them into the promised land. Now I want, you to, I want us to read this word. It says, I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build and you dwell in them and you eat of the vineyards and olive, 
olive groves which you did not plant. This is what was released by God in the book of Joshua 24, 24 verse 13. Praise God. Joshua 24, 13. God initiated the possession of the land. They received what they had not worked for. But now when God has to position you for the possession of the land or for the possession of what you're supposed to have, you must be at the right standing in the kingdom of God. Amen. Joshua had to use his God-given skills and ideas to fight and win battles over the land. That's why I said it must be people that are engaged in warfare. It must be people that really understand the warfare. It must be people that are in prayer time and again. So these are the people that will be positioned accordingly. Listen to me. There is so much competition out there. And let's go back into other things that we, I spoke about time. I said, time is money. Time marches on. You're, waste, you're wasting time. Time is of the essence in the nick of time. I'm pressured because of the lack of time. I do not have enough hours in a day because of time. This is what uh, um, Chuck Pierce is saying in his book. And I agree with him. If you don't act accordingly, if there is an hour that passes without taking a five minutes and get involved in the warfare and pray and position yourself for you to receive the wealth of the kingdom of God, the time will pass you. We are in such a moment or we are in such a state of affairs that the time is so fast. The Israelites repossessed Abraham's land, which was rightfully theirs. You know, I mentioned Israelites leaving Egypt as an example of supernatural transfer of wealth. But upon further examination, what could um, argue that it was really a combination of different types of tra transfer? Why? Immediately after God told the Israelites they would not leave empty-handed, he sent out the women to plunder the Egyptians in the book of Exodus chapter 3, verse 22. So, which means you can't just be seated in your couch there and thinking some things because you just raise up hands and say, I receive, they will come. You've got to move. You've got to take an action. According to Exodus chapter 3, verse 22, you've got to take an action because God had to send the women. The women were actually the creators of wealth in that famous scenario because they are the ones that went out, Lord, raise some women in the church, raise some women in the body of Christ, raise some women around us that will be able to go and be the wealth creators in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If there's one time that we are in, I'm talking about time again, for the women to really possess what belongs to them, it's this time. Because for years they've been marginalized. They've been underprivileged. They've been abused. They've been ignored. They've not been participating fully in the scale of the economy. 
Because it is now, if, if we want to see a full social transformation or the coming of the kingdom of God to earth, it must really start with women. Women must really position themselves. Young women must really position themselves. They must take charge of the economy. And, and, and we often mention, you know, um, small transformations in areas like they will tell you there is a broad-based economical transformation where the women are given a, a, a preference. But I'm talking about something beyond that. I'm not talking about those smaller you know, things. That, that is change. But I'm talking about women really entering the kingdom of God's wealth or the wealth of the kingdom of God and taking it and possessing it. Amen. And really running with it and knowing that this belongs to us and taking it by force. And along these lines, it is worthwhile to, to recall that in the Bible, we have one of the most dramatic, thorough, and long-lasting examples of radically city transformation in the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem after the Babylonians destroyed it when they took Israel captivity in the year, you know, 582 BC. King Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed Jerusalem, but 70 years later, King Cyrus began the process of restoration. First, the temple was rebuilt, then the city walls were restored. So in the process, we can observe several combination of the major uh, mechanism for the greater transfer of wealth. So in these 20 minutes or so that are remaining for me talking on air is that we, we, when, when, when we look into rebuilding or the wealth of the kingdom of God coming back to the saints, there must be a process of rebuilding. Mm -hmm. This transfer of wealth was clearly supernatural because God was the one who initiated it, not by speaking to one of the prophets of Israel, as you might expect, but by speaking directly to the pagan king, Cyrus. So you need to pray so much that the pagan people, remember I said the wealth of, of the saints is packed where? In the hands of the unbelievers. So you need to pray that God must speak directly to the unbelievers because if he was able to the time of the rebuilding of the temple, he spoke directly to, to, to King Cyrus, he can speak to any unbeliever. He commanded Cyrus to build him a house in Jerusalem according to the book of Ezra, chapter 1, verse 2. And Cyrus was wise enough to listen. Cyrus commanded the people of his kingdom to help the Jewish people with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides freewill offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem, according to um, Ezra chapter 1, verse 4. So this was also in, an instance of wealth repossession because Cyrus brought out the articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem, according to Ezra chapter 1, verse 7. Now, if, if you understand that as a child of God, there is so much that has been stolen from you. If you understand of as a woman of God, there's so much that has been taken from you. There's so much that has made you to struggle to stand on your own feet because somebody had 
marginalized you, had taken the position where you were supposed to rise up, maybe to be educated, maybe to finish your degree, maybe to do something, and then the person maybe just came in, barakasha, and then he made you pregnant and he disappeared. And then you couldn't go further and further your education. So it is the time that you rise up and say, Lord, I want to repossess what has been taken from me. You know, the book of Ezra, you know, it, 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 it puts it so nicely, you know, that he brought out the articles of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem. It later says that there was 5,400 articles of gold and silver altogether. Then Zerubbabel stepped up to the plate, took charge of the transfer of wealth, and made sure it was used for the right thing, namely rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. So as you rise up, you must be in a position to say, I want it to be done for the rebuilding of the temple of God. Let me tell you one thing that the Lord said to me, because I was praying for somebody very much, and I woke up and I prayed, I think it was three days ago, and I was praying for the finances of this person. This person is down in the Eastern Cape. I was praying so much and praying so much and praying so much, and then the Holy Spirit said to me, do you want me to bless this person who does not consider the kingdom of God to be a number one priority in his life? And then, I don't know, I didn't know whether I must continue to pray or I must stop to pray, but I just continue to thank God for the restoration that will take place in the life of this person. And, 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 and the Lord said, Everyone that his heart is in my kingdom, I will restore their finances. So restoring the walls, it nearly 70 years after that, Nehemiah, an Israelite, an Israelite who was very close to the king of Persia, you know, um, Texas, discovered that Jerusalem had uh, gone downhill. It was in a miserable condition with no walls to protect the city. Money was needed to rebuild the walls. God did not initiate um, this particular transfer of wealth directly. So it began with ne Nehemiah, who prayed and went to the king. You need to pray and rise up. Pray and rise up and get to the king. Nehemiah prayed and rise up and went to the king. In this case, the wealth came in the form of a timber needed to build the walls, which the king freely granted. This is the book of Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 8. Listen to me. The wealth, the wealth that belongs to you which is in the hands of unbelievers. Change your mind first. Have in you God kingdom mentality. That is basically what we find in the book of Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 8. We find Nehemiah who rose up and who wanted the transfer of wealth. So Nehemiah initiated the process, but I still interpret the event as a supernatural transfer of wealth because the Israelites ended up receiving wealth that they did not work for or produce themselves. Nehemiah gladly shouldered the responsibility and saw that the walls were rebuilt so to last for centuries. 
Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There is so much transfer of wealth that will have taken place in your life. There's so much position. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, sometimes you look at yourself, you take one step or two steps or four steps to the front, and you take 15 steps backwards. Look back into how do you prioritize your wealth or your finances and anything that you have. Are you the one that every single Sabbath or Sunday, okay, let me make an example about a Sabbath because we fellowship on Sabbath. Are you the one that every single Sabbath you are coming with a new dress, you are coming with a new shoes, we are coming with a new hairstyle, you are coming with everything that is new in your life. Don't you think this, it is not a God, I mean, it's not a kingdom of God-minded strategy. Because everything, when you have 2,000 rands, the first thing that gets into your mind, you want to spend it on your body. You want to buy something brand new for yourself. But if you are a kingdom-minded person, you will be more saying to yourself, whatever I save in the future, it must be able to work in the kingdom of God. You know, on, on Sabbath, as I was talking to, the, to, 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 to some of you, I made mention of saying, God can release the wealth to your hands so that you can be able to educate your children. And it is important that your children, as they grow, they must grow understanding the kingdom of God so that they can participate freely in the wealth of the kingdom of God. Because if they do not understand the wealth or they do not understand the kingdom of God, everything they have, they will think it's theirs for, for free. So, but if you sort of say to yourself, what I have, even if I give it to my children for education, it has came true for the benefit of the kingdom of God. Now, maybe you're asking yourself a question. I want to answer you right now. Why has the transfer of wealth been delayed? As I mentioned before or earlier, that the best um, estimate of the beginning of the public prophecies concerning the great transfer of the wealth as declared by the experienced prophets whose gifts and offices have been recognized by the respected Christian leaders. I must admit that I did not hear them then because until 2002, I had not sensed that the Lord was speaking to me about playing a role in the kingdom finances. That is when I, I, I started paying attention to such things. And that is when I started to say to myself, how do I pray? I remember in 2007, myself and another prophet, Prophet Israel, we went to the mountain and we went to pray for, 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 for two days. Every day we're going to the same mountain. And this mountain was right on top of a gold mine. And we prayed in this mountain and, and saying, when the time is right, let this transfer of wealth, when it is released, we must participate. I mean, you can imagine as far as that time, we knew that the, the transfer of wealth, it's going to come to the hands of the kingdom of God. But we said, we, we, we are praying to position ourselves. And I want to encourage you and say, you need to be very directly involved in the prayer 
for the transfer of the wealth. And, 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 and you need to look into all the encounters. You need to, to really relook really into your finances. How have you structured them? How do you use them for the kingdom of God? And you look into yourself, how much do you spend much more to you not saving which at the end is going to work towards the kingdom of God? And maybe the reason why the, 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 the finances, I mean, the, the, the transfer of wealth is so delayed is because we are not kingdom-minded people. Hallelujah. And it is important over and above that we must practice patience. And unforeseen benefits of the frustration of waiting is that it has caused many of us, as well as other people, to, to, to mature in, in, in our patience. We have this assurance according to the book of James, chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. James, chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, that says, The testimony of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So what is this? By a large number of people. They are not patient as they pray. They want the transfer of wealth today and they want it to happen yesterday. And, 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 and it is important that you need to, to, to really say to yourself, if, if you speak um, like Paul who, who wrote and said, truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with perseverance which means it's patience, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Patience is inherent in the character of everyone. Even so, the temptation to lose one's patience is ever-present. A pitfall to be avoided, it is the urge to spend money that you do not yet have. How does this happen? Suppose certain signs appear that cause you to be extremely confident that the time of financial transfer is at hand. And then you do exactly what I was saying. Every single Sabbath, you come with a new dress, new hairstyle, new shoes, new bag, and new everything. And then the next Sabbath, you are expected, and you become now... Uh, Mr. Fashion, in every angle. That is to spend what is not yours. And, and that is to spend what you are supposed to have redirected into the kingdom of God. Or maybe you tell your friends with all assurance, the wealth is being released. Then you fall into the trap of you know, imagining that you already have the wealth you dream of. There are, there are people in this process who wants to act having more meanwhile they don't have. Who do not want to say, simple say, you know what, in this position, I'm standing in a position that I don't have. But they want to act, they have more, and they want to do all sorts of things. They want to show by, you know, I'm talking about very small things. Trousers, suits, this and that. And then, then after that, you begin to dwell so 
intently on what you are going to do with the money that the goals you have in mind for that wealth may seem to be actually happening, at least in your mind. You convince your mind on something that is not there. You may even go as far as to make financial promises to others. Then, then unfortunate seen, I mean, uh, unforeseen circumstances suddenly arise and the anticipated wealth is not released. You may feel as though you have been hung out to dry. You had faith that the transfer was going to happen and now your faith is dashed, replaced by frustration and impatience. So do not allow this to happen to you because of being impatient in your life. I want to tell you, as we continue, the Lord has said so much to me that these seven days we need to continue to pray for the transfer of wealth. We need to pray for the deliverance of our finances. And over and above, as the Lord said to me during the day, you need to sit the basics about the people to understand the wealth of the kingdom of God. It is coming, it's on the way, but it's going to fall. It's going to be for those that will really understand the transfer of wealth. That will understand the wealth of the kingdom of God. So the great transfer of wealth has not come as quickly as any of us would have liked. However, we can derive a lesson from the life of Abraham. Take a moment to meditate on what he said. In the book of Hebrews, in fact, it's, it's not what he said, what is written in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 13 to 15. The book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 16 to 15 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he saw by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiply, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently enjoyed he obtained the promise. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. No matter how long the transfer of wealth might take, let's agree to patiently endure. After all, why not be patient? There is everything to gain and nothing to lose. And I want to tell you, some of you that are listening right now, there are 101 promises, 101 promises that are biblically yours, that are fully yours, that nobody else can take them. They are fully yours. The only thing that you need to do, you need to be patiently waiting. Because the reason for the delay, meanwhile there is no harm in, in, in analyzing the possible reasons for the delay, I don't believe that God expects us to be passive. If we have made mistakes in the past, he expects us to face up to them and understand them and correct them. If we have neglected to do some things that he has called us to do, expected us to recognize them and do them. If there are new things to learn, he expects us to keep our ears and eyes and open and be ready for a change. So it is important that on daily basis, we must be ready for a change. I do not pretend that my analysis of the reasons for the delay of the great transfer of wealth is exhaustive. Undoubtedly, there are others who will make substantial additions. But for now, 
seven reasons stand out in my thinking that worth of consideration. I've, I've tried to trace some of these thoughts back to long time ago when God, started, I mean, through his prophets began to, to inform us of where he, were, he wanted to, 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 to eventually take us, where he wanted us to be, particularly as a church. I remember there were a number of prophets that came to our church when we started. And they prophesied so many things. And the number of those things that they prophesied, I will, I will say about 90% of them that they prophesied, they didn't come to pass. But I'm saying to myself, there must be a reason for the delay. And I believe that probably at that time, we did not have the right people in the church. That those that God spoke to us, they can be able to manifest. And the bulk of the wealth transfer that was supposed to come, it waited, it waited for the generation that is there now. The young generation, I mean, I looked into our church, is about 95% young, young people. And then I'm saying to myself, these are the people who will participate in this wealth transfer that was prophesied long time ago by the prophets. So I want to say to everyone, you've got to, 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 to be ready to change. You've got to be ready to say to yourself, I want to participate in this transfer of wealth. And secondly, I believe we didn't fully understand God's purpose. We didn't fully, I mean, for instance, by then, we did not fully understand that we are supposed to be worshiping him on the day that he has blessed for worship. So it is important that we need to look into things, even to yourself. You need to look into yourself and say, what are the things that are delaying this so that you can be able to identify them? You ask yourself, am I in the right position to receive it? Do I fully understand God's word pertaining to this? And I believe we didn't have the right attitude. Our attitude maybe was not in the right position. We did not have the right attitude to participate in God's things. That is why the things are delayed. Let me tell you, if anything is delayed to yourself, you need to look into these seven things that I'm mentioning. Number one, are you at the right position to govern your head? Are you fully understanding God's purpose for your life? Do you have the right attitude? What is your attitude about what you want? Even sometimes, some people, they found that they've applied, they are looking for jobs, they want to be employed there and there and there. Listen to me. Is your attitude right? I believe we didn't have the full view of the church. We did not understand the church as I understand, as we understand, as some of the people. We did not have the strategists, the people that are very much strategically I can rightfully say right on air that we've got right now young people that are very strategically, that are, are, are having the full view of the kingdom of God, who are understanding what is it that we are doing. Amen. We were doing, but we did not understand it. But now it is in a full position that we are understanding what is happening. We didn't recognize the apostles of the area or the apostles that are called as much as we linked, I mean, we linked to, to so many apostles from that time up until today. We linked to so many, uh, uh, um, you know, prophets overseas. But we, the, the primary reason why this full view of the church is necessary is that it has begun to open the way for apostles of the 
of, of the areas alongside the apostles of the, of the church to be recognized and activated. Now we are starting to recognize more prophetic people. We are starting to train more prophetic people. We are starting to pray the prayers that are directly going to the arrow. You need to ask yourself, do you recognize the leaders around you? That is very much important. Do you recognize them? Because if you don't recognize them, why do you want to get into the higher position first? I mean, I was talking to one person this morning and the Lord said he was pleased with her because she has so much faith like a centurion. And the most and above all things, and the Lord was saying to this person, is because you are recognizing authority around you. Number six, we didn't have an efficient infrastructure in place for management of the funds. I strongly believe. Now we've got a very, quite a very good structure. We've got five people that are running the management of the funds. We've got an, a, you know, we've got an accountant by profession. We've got an editor by profession. And, and I'm just trying to make an example about our church. And this might apply to you. Do you have a full mind of the management of the funds? Are you that brother? Every Sabbath you are coming with new shoes because somebody must see that you are making it. You don't have a full management of the funds. Number seven, I believe we didn't have an adequate administrative structure to facilitate the distribution. Now, you can't believe that when, when we, we are moving from an era where we have so many people that we thought they are qualified, but it was not an adequate administrative structure to be able to, to, to facilitate in the distribution of the wealth. And I believe now we've got fully functioning structure that can be able to run with it. And it is like we're in a position where the Lord says, now you are ready for the transfer of wealth. So I believe each and every one in the body of Christ, if the church is in the right position, it's in the right structure, if the church is in the right mind of wealth, everyone will benefit accordingly. I believe we have some important pieces in place, but clearly we have much more work to do. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, as I'm about to finish, I believe as the Lord allows us, because this week for seven days, as I'm speaking about this subject of the transfer of the, of, 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 of the wealth and the deliverance of finances, I will continue during the day when I found time to have an hour and unpack and, and uh, the wealth of the kingdom of God, how to participate in the wealth of the kingdom of God. And uh, I will go into a greater depth on the task of the distribution uh, 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 of the coming wealth. The greater transfer of wealth is coming very soon. No one I know can fix uh, the exact date. However, it is most certainly closer than it has ever been. As I mentioned, what are the things that are supposed to be? The church must be at the right position. The saints will then benefit into that because they understand their role. And, 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 and as I said, Meanwhile, I'm saying to you, it is so closer. It is so soon. It's going to happen. It's happening very soon. But we must be at the right position. And I want to repeat this. The church must be having the right structure. 
must be having the right administrative structure, must be having the right mind, must be understanding its role as a church. Lastly, as I finish, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. You shall remember the God your God. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. So if you forget who gives you wealth, who gives you power to get wealth, you shall not be established. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And, and, and it is important, you know, uh, 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 just before we pray this evening, I'm going to be coming back on air. I'm going to be coming back on M uh, because we'll be praying for finances at, at, at 7 o'clock. Exactly 7 o'clock. I'll be coming back on air at 6 o'clock up until we pray for finances at 7 o'clock. But I want to unpack neutralizing the spirit of poverty. I want to unpack how to neutralize the spirit of poverty from family to family. So I want to unpack that. I want to get deeper into it. And I want to say, what are the things that we're supposed to do? Praise God. And then after that, it, 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 if the Lord allows me, let's say probable, I'll unpack this maybe for 30 minutes. At about half past six, then we're going to start to get into fire. I thought we we're going to start praying at seven o'clock, but the Holy Spirit just says to me, now you will start at six. I mean, he instructs me. I cannot just do all my things. You know, sometimes I want to do things on my own. But the way I am so relying upon the Holy Spirit, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss many years of mistakes by not listening to God. Each and every move, I want to listen to him. I want to hear what he's saying. Because the enemy, Bazalwane, is well aware that the great transfer of wealth will measurable accelerate the expansion of the kingdom of God and thereby weaken and reduces the kingdom, I mean, reduce, reduce the kingdom of Satan. So as one of the tried and true tactics designed to trade uh, or at least delay the transfer of wealth, Satan deploys this evil spirit of poverty with an assignment to impose curse on God's people individually, collectively. So my understanding this evening and my aim and my goal this evening is to provide some practical guidelines, you know, guidance that will help us to break the curse of the spirit of poverty once and for all. Because we definitely have to deal and break the spirit of, of, of poverty. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we thank you this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us. We thank you for this time that you have given us. We thank you for this moment that you made us to be aware how the transfer of wealth will take place. Father, we pray that there will be a ruah from Zion. There will be a shout. There will be a coming back. There will be a transfer of wealth. There will be a transfer of finances so that we can all participate in the wealth of the kingdom of God. Father, bring, I mean, bring people into the church. 
that have the mentality of the kingdom of God. Raise leaders, raise apostles, raise prophets that have a mentality of the kingdom of God. Raise people that will see this as God wanting to restore his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, Father, for this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, for this time. I will, I will never stop to thank you, my Father, for this opportunity that you have allowed me to speak on him, allowed me to be able to, to, to speak about your word. I know it is not my doing. That's why, Lord, I'm relying and depending upon you. I'm depending on you. I speak like Moses. I will not go if you are not there. I will not say it if you did not say it. I will not touch it if you did not touch it. Help me, oh Father. Help me even this afternoon. As I prepare for this evening prayer, fire prayer time, the time of fire, the time of warfare, give me more energy. And I thank you, Lord, in the mighty name of my Lord. Jesus Christ and Savior. In Jesus' mighty name. Glory to Jesus. Some of you will meet when we talk from 6 o'clock unpacking this wonderful and powerful subject.